Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to the Barstoolers Premier League podcast. We're back after we didn't do an episode last week. Um, To be honest, we don't really have a brilliant reason for not doing an episode last week. It was just one of those things where life just generally got in the way and uh, we were all just very tired. We ended up just not doing it. Look, we apologise to our large, loyal fan base. But look, we're back. We're back for good and we're sorry. Okay, But... We're coming back on a good note because it was actually a good weekend of Premier League action this week as United actually bet City. I'm a United fan. If you don't know, if you're listening to this for the first time, I'm your host, Connell, joined by Ronan and James this week. No mixer, unfortunately. But yeah, United bet City and it was just an absolutely fantastic game. Really, really good performance from United. Every man, the team to a man, did their job. You know, Bill Belichick, just do your job. Sports aren't that complicated sometimes. Uh, brilliant tactical setup by Solskjaer. Uh, United, we we parked the bus in a sense, but not in the Jose Mourinho sense. We weren't playing six at the back. Um, some point that, that McTominay and Fred just like never drop back into the, the back four. Uh, you know, it was McTominay's job really to go on Gundogan. But if Gundogan went really advanced, he'd just leave it to the centre-backs that United you know, weren't just parking the bus. And it was just a really good defensive performance by United. You know, if you look at maybe the stats, it would show you that City had a lot of shots, but they had no real opportunities, to be honest. No no glaring opportunities. Rodri hit the bar with a half chance. Sterling probably should have scored. But really good performance by United. Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Luke Shaw, all brilliant. Um, yeah, even Dan James was good. So... Um, I'm a happy man this week. What was your thoughts on the game? Uh, I only watched the second half. I was doing other stuff for the first half. Um, yeah, it was just a solid round four. Like, City didn't really look like scoring, and they actually looked quite susceptible to the counter-attack, which wasn't really like them. There was a few times where you know United were kind of four and three or four and four. 
um, going forward. Again, Luke Shaw, it just great took his goal very well, and he's just kind of shown how much he's come on the season as well. Keeping Tellers out of the side, everybody kind of thought he was going to be the starter of the season. Uh, it's just a solid performance from United. Yeah, and on my perspective, what the hell is Gabriel Jesus doing? I know they're all saying it's a classic case of a centre half in the box. There was so many men around Martial, yeah. like, and Martial's not being in the best of form. But it shows you, you know, even Dan James having a good game there. It shows you the wealth, the riches United sort of have. You know, great bench from United at the weekend. Like when Dan James is the weakest element in your attack, you I mean you're not doing too badly. So City aren't going to come up against too many Uniteds in a season. But even still, they did look far more vulnerable in this game than they, they did in most. I'm just hoping to act as a catalyst for A, United to sort of go on a bit of a run now because we, we were poor going into uh, the weekend before the weekend's game and hopefully it acts as a catalyst for City going on a bit of a bad run. Um, hopefully, because, a, bit of, a bit of excitement would be good. Because City, look, uh, it's hard to say anything bad about them considering they won 21 games in a row, but... I just can't help but feel they're a little bit overrated. Like, they're not as good as they were in 17-18, the Centurions year. They're not as good as when they pipped Liverpool, in my opinion. If they had a striker, they'd be brilliant. But, like, they don't really have anyone. Because at the minute, all the players that are scoring goals are the midfield. Like, Gundogan, Omar is a winger. But even he's chipping in more goals recently. Um, I think it's just that position. Like, Jesus, I don't think he's a terrible player. But he's, he's not... I think he's good enough when you have Aguero as your starting striker. Um, but I don't think Jesus is good enough to be that City team's starting He's not striker. as good as Firmino, like. Uh, um, he's not. He's he's fraudulent. Both have been pretty trash this season. True. Um, I think Firmino's been decent the last few months. He's probably one of the few players in this Liverpool team that's not been god-awful in this recent run. But going back to the City, I think... Um, yeah, I think he's fine as a backup, but I'd say, especially considering I feels like Aguero's kind of done as kind of one of the best strikers in the Premier League now. Um, he could always come back next season and play brilliantly, I don't know. Uh, but you kind of feel like if City are going to get back to where they were for the Centurions and when they beat the, for the title, they kind of need another 20-old season striker. They can't be relying on midfield to chip in the entire time. I know the lads on the 1984 podcast uh, and, and their YouTube channel, Dara. Uh, yeah, they're not happy with Jesus. <laughs> I think they want him sold. I don't know if it was a, a bit reactionary to his very bad performance against United, but um, they're not his biggest fans. No, and it's... Like, when you look at the wealth of riches to have everywhere else in the pitch, like they are potentially going to go out and get a Haaland. You know, he is a city man. Um and imagine Aguero being relegated to the bench for the rest of his City career and Haaland, that is just scary. Like, may as well yeah, just auto-sim next season. You may as well just auto-sim and, like, no <laughs> one will come close to that. You know, like, even if the quality, the standard of the teams go up because there's less games, fitness is better, Liverpool won't, won't come close to that. Same I, with United. I see, I see someone during the week saying, I was like, oh, would Haaland suit Pep's Guardiola style play? He scored like it 46 goals for Dortmund. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's good. Yeah. yeah. fucking stupid. Well, I, I know United are going to try for him as well. But um, but if it's between City and United, if you're in his position, you're probably not picking United, especially seeing as his dad used to play with City and he's a Leeds fan. So, I don't But he did play with Ollie. So he's hardly going to want to play in the... Maybe he likes him. He's hardly going to play with Liverpool in the Europa Conference League next season. <laughs> Dundalk away. 
It is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a seventh place team that actually gets Europa Conference. I didn't realize. That's all right. That's probably going to be West Ham, though. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, if West Ham be a top six, it would be absolute limbs. That'd be brilliant. Mate, they're getting Champions League at this rate. Lingard's been pulling the strings. Three goals uh, in how many appearances in De Bruyne only has three goals all season. Like, we need to start a dialogue he, with De Bruyne. I think Lingard has has four goals. Yeah, he's got more goals than De Bruyne this yeah. year. Uh, Craig, Craig Dawson has the same amount of goals as De Bruyne this season. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But just the last thing in the United game was obviously Luke Shaw got that goal, the second goal. Very good goal on the counter. And uh, I think we've briefly touched upon his upturn form on this podcast but just as a United fan I just want to say that's just my little um, appreciation rant about Luke Shaw that man I wanted him out of the club in September when we signed Alex Telles I was delighted that we got in another left back it was the end of Luke Shaw I was calling him Gemma Collins I was calling <laughs> him Lizzo Shaw but no he, he still got that bit of chunk about him but he, he uses that that chunkiness to drive him forward because he's a powerful fullback now and uh, even if he's got that bit of weight he's still quick just shows that there's hope for a redemption arc for anyone even Pierce yeah. Morgan at this rate oh, <laughs> well, I think that's, that's well gone <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's gone at this stage <laughs> right so going on to the next game and um, it was another loss for Liverpool at Anfield six losses in a row now at Anfield I think eight without a win at what was a fortress but rather than criticising Liverpool or trying to do a post-mortem on, on what's going wrong because there really is no point. I mean, it, what's We've said hasn't everything. Be, what like, hasn't yeah. been said, yeah. it's just it's just weird at this stage. But I but maybe we can touch on that a bit. Maybe you can as Liverpool fans. But I would rather focus on Fulham because they're on the verge of getting out of that relegation zone where it looked like they were destined to be. Scott Parker has got a squad of a lot of average players playing some really, really good football. And especially in that first half at Anfield on Sunday, they absolutely dominated Liverpool. They're looking really, really impressive. Yeah, again, have to apologize. I, I know I've apologized for Scott Parker for my comments before, but he's just he's done a very good job. Um do have to say his jacket at the weekend was questionable. Very bad. Um way too yeah, tight. Very, very bad. Um but yeah, they're playing very well and even there at the weekend it's the same with every little performance we dominate look like scoring but Fulham looked very good in the counter-attack like even even before half time there was plenty of times they threatened us or like, oh no Josh Madger had a chance Adamola Luckman cut inside like Mason Mount did in the Chelsea game looked like he might get a goal there um, and just the midfield midfield did a very good job as well uh, and even you know the, the Spurs game has happened since our last podcast and they were very unlucky not to come out of that, but at least a point because I know the VAR decision on a handball. I know it's a, two games ago now. That was an absolutely ridiculous decision. And you know, if they if they'd be given that goal, I think they'd be out of the relegation zone because they're level on points. Which I think it's Brighton. They're level on points with Brighton or Newcastle. So they're given that point, they're out of the relegation zone. So again, that could make a huge difference at the end of the season. And again, that was never the next season that's fixed. Rolling though, like they yeah. did actually. You know, they changed it the day after that, I think. Yeah, um, that rule, which is little consolation for Fulham fan, but like they're playing really nice football, as you said. And, is it uh, me or is it weird that you can just change the rule in the middle of a season? Is we like they change it so quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's had, good, it's good, but how, how many amendments have they had in relation to VR this season? You, you, yeah, you lose track of them, but that's a, that's a different conversation altogether. But yeah, Fulham were great, they were Harry and Liverpool, they were relentless. 
uh, the midfield did so well. Josh Maggio was looking great on the overlap. Like he looked like he could get a goal as well. Um, but that was really uh, due, due to how uh, poor Neko Williams is as defender. Like um, he, they were just hitting that diagonal time and time again, crossfield balls that really aren't indicative of Fulham, even though they have been playing a lot better. Uh, they're just hitting up all time and time again. And Phillips did his best to mop up. Like he was the more solid of the two center halves. But with the pace that the Luckmans and the Madges have, like, you know, it's hard to counteract that. Um, so we are very fortunate it was only the one nil because they could have blitzed us a few times because Salah looked like a bit of a lone man up there with Jota. Like it just wasn't falling for us at all. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I think I think there was one stage we were playing both Williams on the same side of the center half uh, of, of defense and it, was, it wasn't great. Um, I did feel sorry for Neko Williams a wee bit because there was a few times where he was making runs down the, the wing, like the Trent runs, and just nobody was passing to him. There was one he was run down the line, and Naby Keita could have played him in for about five seconds and just flat out just refused to. Um, he didn't have a great game. I don't like to bash on young players like that. He didn't have a good game. He did uh, create no one good chance, though. He did create the Jada chance. Yeah, the, 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 the Jada chance, uh, yeah. which I think was our only shot and target in that game. Um, Wait. But like, you know, you can really see the fan coming out in Jamie Carragher, for example. Like, that's how bad things are getting because Neko Williams wanted needed a quick release. Like, Salah tells him he fizzes the ball into him in the second half and he's like, right, get it and go, get it and go. And he takes his time and he loses the ball. Yeah, like, there was one. Yeah. There yeah, was Jimmy, one where it was played out to him and he'd loaded time to, um, or he ha- he should have hit the ball in first time and instead yes. he pushed himself further out and he kind of turns back to goal and then tried to put it in and it got blocked. Um, it's just wee things like that. We're just a wee bit slow and stuff like that. But again, it's like, it's it's like watching me in pro clubs, really. <laughs> Which is not a good indictment of a professional footballer. Yeah, but I don't want to bash him too much because, look, it's... No. Um, he's not the first choice and he's still young. Um, he was never going to be as good as Trent. It was just a poor game for him, unfortunately. And just talking about Fulham's local rivals as such rivals with, um, you know, air That's quotation right. marks there. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea are looking... Absolutely fantastic as of late. They're not conceding any goals. They're not looking brilliant going forward, but I mean, they're getting the job done. Uh, Rates to be seen if this is really how good, you know, is Tuchel doing a brilliant job? Is it a bit of, you know, a honeymoon period that you get with most coaches coming in? Um, what have you made them in, in recent weeks? It was a 2 0 win for them at the weekend or Monday even. Uh, I didn't see that game, but there was uh, was a Chelsea United games since our last podcast. Yes, yes, yes. it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like that. The, defensively, it looks solid. Um, I think they look even better once Thiago Silva's back in there because he was having a good season until he was injured. I thought. Um, but again, they don't really offer much going forward. And again, that's Timo. Um, Timo just not being very good this season. Uh, I know he missed a few. Uh, good chances against Everton as well. It's pretty much the same as City. If Chelsea had a better attack, they'd be very good, but they're, they don't, so they're not. But I think it's a deeper conversation that as well. I team like I know I'm the biggest apologist that he's ever had. Um but I'm winded in. Yeah, you could yeah, I know exactly. Uh, but Hudson Adoy looks lively for Tuchel. He does seem to like him and they did try Havertz and Havertz Average was doing things like you know I know it's on it's Everton but they were really struggling struggling against that Everton low block for a while, um but it it's the back five it offers so much stability for Tuchel I don't know why they didn't revert back to a back five sooner Frank kept trying the back four over and over and over again 
and they just didn't really have the the players to be solid in the back four. I know you were saying Thiago Silva was doing well, Ronan, but that was quite temporary. Now they've had uh, Rudiger and Azpilicueta, like not using Azpilicueta all season. Yeah, and even of a fault. And even having like a back three and Thiago Silva goes back in there as the middle of the tree. I think yeah. I think that's even more solid than it is now. And like if you think back to Chelsea under Conte the first season, obviously he implemented the five at the back first for Chelsea. Uh, they were absolutely brilliant. Um, I th- think they had Aspi playing at right full that season. I yes. like that. It's 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 like um, and then they had like Moses a few times. and Alonso. Yeah, and and like even even this season, uh, like Aspi the centre half really, but. Um, he was able to get up. He was able to fit into that right wing back um, position quite well. And even you look at it now, uh, Hudson Odoi is not conventionally a, a, a wing back. He's more of a winger. Um, but Tuchel just seems to be able to ha, has been able to get the best out of him for that position. It seems. Uh, I think that shows the cla- the golfing class of coaching how much it helps. Like Conte comes in first season and Victor Moses, who by all accounts is a dead baller at that time. Like has an absolute renaissance on the wing that season, uh, and they do win the league title. And this is a bit similar to Tuchel, like you know, get a few really good moving parts, and you can really start to see uh, what it's like to have a world class coach. Um, because that Chelsea back line, it's 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 not amazing by any stretch. We know that, but um, Reese James, I think, is now slotted back in at full back, which is good to see because Gary Lineker and other people think he's the best player at Chelsea Football Club. Whatever I think, you know, Mount's maybe shown that he's he's, he's not bad. There. He's not I bad, don't... no. But they're having Hudson Doyle in the wing, which is more conventional. And I think that looks a lot better. Uh, actually, a bit of appreciation from Mason Mount. Um, I, I wasn't convinced of him for the start of the season. I thought he was very good to start last season, and it kind of fell off a bit. Uh, the last few weeks, especially since Tuchel came in, he's had a bit of a renaissance as well. Like he's been very, very good, and even against Liverpool, he was probably Chelsea's best player. Uh, obviously, scored a very good goal against us as well. Um, I know a lot of people were saying when Frank was there, he was only getting into the job because Frank liked him, but like he, he or getting in the squad because Frank liked him. But he's actually just been one of Chelsea's best players of late. Yeah, I would hate to think that um, Mount would lose his place now. The fact that like Havertz has had that one good game, like because Havertz looked really good, and you know the German speaking connection and the big money and the potential, it'd be horrible if Mount got relegated to the bench. How good he's been playing, I don't know it, but I, 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 like he's done enough to justify his place in this Chelsea team, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I really and don't like, think even... he's gonna get drops just because he's always had that engine. You know, he, he covers an awful lot of ground, but now he's actually pr- producing good. goals and assists, and he surprised me. I thought he was a distinctly average player, but uh, he's proven me wrong. He's been really, really good this season. And that's the one thing I noticed about Havertz as well. Like, Timo gives you the energy as well. Like, he doesn't give you the end product. But Havertz was really lax. And I don't know if it was what he was instructed to do, but he was kind of jogging around, not pressing the man closest to him. Someone else was doing that job. And I, he just left a lot to be desired in terms of work rate, I thought. I think that's the best description of that. He's kind of like a luxury player. Like, there's no there's no doubt in the talent that's there. It's just whether you're going to get the work rate or not. Um, I know someone described it to me Premier League fans might not get this, but Will Padging at Dundalk. Um, I know I've heard people describe him as well. Like he came into the squad last year, everybody thought he was going to be like Jack Barmore from the Premier in the League of Ireland, even that he was going to come over here, revive his career. Another former Man City Academy player didn't quite make it there. Um, and you see bits bits from me like he is very good on the ball, and like he does have. There is some end product there. It's just whether you're going to get the work rate and whether he's going to 
match up the physicality of the league and what the squad, what the coach wants. Yeah, it's whether the, the players like Kante that are in reserve can make up that workload that you, that you lose from a luxury player like that. And that might not always be the case. I mean, him and Kovacic are a good good parent for that sort of thing. I thought they were quite good against United in the last game. And I think they're probably, you're talking about the Chelsea defence there, and I just want to touch on that. I, I think you said it could look even better with Thiago Silva. And I kind of disagree because it's not as if personnel are playing particularly well, but um, Tuchel at the moment is a little bit like Van Gaal at United. They're, they're not conceding goals because they're just kind of, suffocating the, the opposition and they're just keeping possession you know if you have the ball they can score and that's why they're not conceding any goals and it's why they're not scoring much they're scoring enough you know if you keep a clean mm. sheet all you need is one and we've seen that recently um, but I'm interested to see if that lasts long term it should do until the end of the season at least but I'm interested in Azpi's role. Like Azpilicueta's role is really nice in there. Like he does keep them solid, but he has a lot of license to go forward as well. And then overlap runs to fullback. So I'm 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 liking what he's doing. Speaking of revivals of teams like Fulham and Chelsea, there's a and, and Luke Shaw as a player that we've we've spoken about already. Is Gareth Bale not useless? Uh, personally, I still think he's he's useless, but um, you know, I think we should entertain the conversation. Uh, he it's kind of weird because Deli Ali's kind of got a few games recently as well. Uh, obviously, in the Europa League, I I watched the first leg against Wolfsburger. Uh, he, he can't really judge it off that because they were the lowest ranked squad in the left of the Europa League, and they stuck four past them fairly easily. Um. But maybe that's kind of what Bale and Deli Ali needed. Um, they just need that wee bit of a confidence boost against a small side to come in and do do well. I don't think this is going to be a long-term thing of Gareth Bale breaking back into the Spurs squad and setting the Premier League alight. Uh, they could certainly do it for the last 10 games because if they want to have any chance of getting into the Champions League, obviously they have to win the Europa League or they just have to start playing better. Because even against Fulham, I touched on area, they didn't deserve to win against Fulham. And it was pretty much a typical Mourinho Spurs performance. Just score one and then just sit back and let whatever else happen. And I don't think Bale in particular is going to... If you're going to sit back and try to hit teams on a counter-attack, I don't think Bale has that pace anymore that maybe someone like... No, someone he has. doesn't. No. Um, so, I don't think I don't think it's going to be... If you're a Spurs fan, you'd want him to. And like even back in the day, you love watching Gareth Bale in his prime when he's playing his best. Um He's certainly a great addition to the league, but I don't think, I just don't think it's going to be something where Gareth is going to be making a great revival later on in the season. Do you know? I I don't think it could, it'll it'll hurt Spurs at all to have Bale thrown in there because I think players like Son and uh, Lucas will cover the ground for you any day. And if Bale can sort his movement, and he says he's adapted his game, but that kind of remains to be seen because what he said two and a half good games like that half against West Ham is where we first noticed that, okay there could be a bit still in Gareth Bale's tank but um, like it was really it was quite a lot to do with Kane in that last game like Kane just teed up two lovely goals for him but in the Burnley game we did see a bit more of, of Bale um, especially that second goal so I think I think there's definitely a lot of case to be made for Bale in those games that Spurs have been struggling in before but not in the big games. You're going to need the high press. You're going to need the high energy. I don't think he's going to go toe to toe with a Man City. But I think certainly in the like lower block teams, his movement and just finishing could be a, a great addition for them. 
Okay, so on our Twitter today, we asked our followers for who they think are the best and worst commentators and co-commentators in the game of football, uh, preferably with a Premier League twist, obviously, it's a Premier League podcast. And I'm delighted to say we got a very good response. Uh, the Talking Much podcast said Gary Neville uh, didn't clarify if he's good or bad, but I'm going to presume he's good because I think we all like a bit of Gary Neville on commentary. I prefer not to speak podcast gave us a very uh, a fairly vague uh, response but you know we appreciate the response they said some guy in the Premier League with a sort of American accent that sounds really dramatic but I don't know what his name is have we any idea who that is I can't even begin to think who it is no I, I no. can't even begin to think like yeah. especially people on Sky or BT don't want none of them said American yeah Um. Erica said Siobhan Madigan. Uh, Premier League fans will not be familiar with the commentator Siobhan Madigan, and for good reason. Uh, she commentates on some League of Ireland games and on League of Ireland highlights and stuff here, and she's not very good, uh, it has to be said. Uh, she She's widely disliked uh, by the League of Ireland community. Uh, Adzi, our friend, says Keith Andrews is both very good and very bad. And I, I kind of understand what he means because I think Keith Andrews can talk an awful lot of sense, but he also picks really weird, um, really weird agendas. Like we have a, a mate who supports Leeds who hates him because Keith Andrews is always uh, talking down about Leeds or, or was always on championship commentary and stuff like that. Um, Mixer, our fellow podcast host who is not with us today, says Peter Jury is trash. Awful opinion. Awful we opinion. All know, we all know that's it. Very true. Yeah. And our friend David Murphy from Two Men in a Podcast. Check that out if you need a TV and film podcast. He says, everybody on Virgin Media, which is fair enough. The main commentator, I'm not sure what his name is, is not very good. Uh, this is an Irish TV station, if you don't know, if you're listening to this. the uh, broadcast Premier League, not Premier League, Champions League and Europa League. And uh, one man on Virgin Media who... I really dislike, he's probably the worst co-commentator in my opinion, uh, or, or certainly up there, Damien Delaney, formerly of Crystal Palace in the Premier League. Um, he's quite, you know, he's well presented, He's he can speak well, but he's just, he's got bad opinions. I can't even, yeah, I don't even know clue. where to start. Hasn't a clue. He's on, he's on Premier Sport as well, which again is, is another um, Irish channel, and they do all the 3pm kickoffs on the Saturdays. And he's normally he's normally either commentating or he's one of the pundits in the studio, and he just he hasn't a clue what he's talking about. It's horrendous. He was going on a rant about Big Sam the other day, and Kevin Doyle was just looking at him, and it was just it was just dismay, and it was it was horrible. It's yeah, I hate watching him. Would you say he? Would you? Would you say about the his preferred United back to you or something? Yeah, I was listening to the, the as watching the second leg. Uh, the Real Sociedad tie with United was awful, awful time for everyone involved. Nil nil. But he was on commentary, and he said that he thinks United's best centre back partnership is Bai and Lindelof, which is simply not true. It's simply incorrect. It would be a coming from a defender as well. It's coming from a defender, a big slow defender like Maguire. <laughs> Uh, and the commentary commentary was so bad I had to turn it off and listen to Thursday night uh, takeaway uh, watch along with the lads from the 1894 podcast uh, which was far more enjoyable I have to say so who who would be your favourite commentator and co-commentator my favourite commentator would be Peter Drury and co-commentator 
would probably it could be Jim Beglin. It could be that partnership that we we see on um very legal streams. Um either uh, Jim Beglin or maybe even Jamie Carragher, I think. I think Jamie Carragher's very good. Yeah, I like Jamie Carragher and I like Peter Jury as well. I actually quite like Rob Hawthorne. He does the Ireland yes. games for Sky Sports. I think he's very good. Um I'd actually like to see him do more Premier League games. I think he does some of the Premier League games for Premier Sport. I'm not sure, but I think he does. Um, but I'd probably, I'd probably go for my dream duo would be Peter Drury and Jamie Carragher. Like Sky Sports need to cop on and hire someone other than Martin Taylor. Yeah, Martin Tyler is the worst, isn't he? Um, I'm going to go for Jim Beglin on co-commentary and Peter Jury on the main. I think Jim Beglin's is really nice and insightful to listen. He's got a, a good voice as well, which helps because it's usually the main commentator that has to have that checklist, uh, great voice, like that radio voice, like the great command of the English language. So they can kind of fade into the background as being a bit obscure or it's, it's good that Peter Jury stands out with his obviously man last line and just probably the most iconic lines of uh, recent times in terms of English speaking uh, commentator. So yeah, easy enough duo for me. And my uh, nightmare commentary duo would probably be, do you know Arlo White? I, I just I, I just don't like him at all as a commentator. He does stuff for the American channels. And I, I think actually LFC, LFC TV, is that? Yes. Yes, he, he does some for that. Yeah, I don't like him at all. Actually, Stuart Gardner for MUTV, he's pretty bad as well. But my answer is Arlo White and co-commentator, as I said, uh, either Damien Delaney. Who did I say earlier on this? I can't even remember. Right, we're going with Damien Delaney. <laughs> uh, I'd say for my worst one... Um... There's a lot of co-commentators that I don't like. I don't. I actually don't mind Darren Fletcher on BT Sport. I think he's all right, but uh, Maka I don't like at all. I I despise Glenn Hoddle. I think he, yes, of Glenn. any commentator in the world, he adds literally nothing. He doesn't. He's he'll see a player play for ten minutes and be like, oh, we all know he's good at shooting a pass or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, no, he's just terrible. Um. There's, there's not really many main commentators that I really, really dislike. I I can't listen to Martin Tyler anymore because he doesn't... There's just no enthusiasm there anymore. And especially with no fans there, he's noticeably not got a clue. Because I remember there was the... Um, was it the Arsenal and Chelsea game? Was something... He said something about... Um, Talk about David, Martin Tyler not having a clue, huh? David, mm. David Luiz. David Luiz and Thiago Silva were talking to each other, I think it was. And uh, he said, oh, oh I remember this. Yeah. And he was like, oh, they mm. played together at PSG or something like that. You could hear Gary Neville whispering into him. And especially with no crowds, you can just hear him like in the, I know it said this a few weeks ago, you just hear him breathing into the mic. PSG. <laughs> I don't like well, it at all. So I'd, I, so I'd, I'd say, I'd say my nightmare duo would be Martin Tyler and Glenn Hoddle. Um, yeah, I understand those feelings, Ronan, because Glenn Hoddle just feels like watching the football with your granddad and he sees a little like foreign player with a bit of ball playing a bit and he's like, oh, that wee fella, he's probably good, is he? He just doesn't, he doesn't offer anything at all. <laughs> That's just my impression of <laughs> yeah. him. Like, he's not a particularly hateful character or anything. No, yeah, he's fine. Um, like, it's he's just... fine, yeah. Martin Tyler's pretty bad. I don't think he's a enthusiasm for the game these days, but I'm going to go for... A co-commentary Irish duo. I was going to say Brian Kerr. Like I just need to find him hard to listen to, and he constantly talks throughout the ninety minutes. He has to fill the void of silence, and it's horrible. He offers no insights. But I think Kenny Cunningham's pretty bad for just randomly interjecting um, weird yeah. opinions, like Fabinho being terrible at football, 
he just he just feeds off the the fans, and it's it's weird. It's weird. So I have to go with uh, him. On Mark I think that I think if we talk about bad commentators just briefly, I know we're trying to keep a Premier League focus, but I think the two the two lads on FIFA deserve a special mention because they are. <laughs> oh, I know they do. They do Bundesliga, I think, on ESPN. They're the they're Jesus. the nightmare duo. They are absolutely god awful. Yeah, we haven't actually been thinking about like the random like ESPN lads. They are so bad. They're actually the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Oh, what's that? <laughs> so bad. Right. So, uh, just to mix her, if you're listening to this, Peter Drury is just, he's the goat. He's the goat. And nobody cares what you have to say. Okay. So, moving on to the predictions. Right. So, we're doing a predictions league. If you don't know, the winner of this gets a jersey courtesy of the other three. And my brief reign on top has already been toppled again by James because uh, I got one point this week. Ronan, you got two. Mixer got one and James got four. So James, you're on 63 points. I'm on 61. Mixer's on 58 and Ronan's on 55. So still very much everything to play for. But the games this weekend that we're going to predict, there's five games. The first one is quite a good one. It's Leeds at home to Chelsea. Leeds... I don't really know. You, you never really know what you're going to get from Leeds in terms of results. Chelsea are obviously, as we said, they're looking an awful lot better. But I think Leeds are are so good going forward that they can make a goal against that Chelsea team, um, and they'll get a one-one draw. Uh, I, I'm going to say two-one. Um, pretty much the same thing. I think Chelsea again are fine. Um, uh, but Leeds haven't looked great recently. They lost again the weekend. Um, I just I just think Chelsea are kind of just in good form at the minute. I don't think they're a team that Leeds can kind of pick themselves up against two one. I'm gonna go for a draw as well. I'm gonna go for an all, and that sort of flies in the face of the health leather nature of Leeds and but then Chelsea might just negate them a little bit and uh, a few fantasy football interests and betting in favour of my fantasy football interests have done me well so far, so we'll go nil all. The next game Probably won't be as close, but I think I thought it was an interesting one just to throw in given the happenings of the weekend. It's Fulham at home to City, as we've been full of praise for Fulham on this podcast. Uh, this podcast, and uh, look, I, I have to use my head rather than my heart here, and I'm just going to go with a 3 1 City win. It uh, could be even more comfortable than that, but I wouldn't rule out an upset. I'm just not confident enough to, to predict it. 3 1 uh, City. I'm going to go two nil um, because they've been playing very well. But even against Spurs, they couldn't get the win. Uh, Liverpool are bad. That's probably why they were able to see it out against us. I think obviously it's, it's a Pep Guardiola side. Uh, I can't see them. I certainly can't see them losing two Premier League games in a row. Never mind. But I can't see them dropping it again. Like he's going to want a reaction. And like, if they drop points now. United will be back within seven points at least if they if they win a game. So I have to say City are going to win this one. I'm going to go for a more emphatic 4-1 City win. I think we have to caveat the recent resurgence of Fulham, which has been brilliant for all to watch with the fact that City are just much better than the rest of the teams in the league. Uh, comfortable 10 plus points at any given time. So I think City will easily dispatch them striker or no striker. Yeah, so Fulham against City there. Next game is a pretty big one. I didn't know it was this weekend. The North London Derby. Arsenal against Tottenham. And I was speaking to Ronan about this game 
uh, before we came on the podcast and I was trying to predict it. I was kind of talking through my predictions with him and uh, uh, I was just so, so apathetic to this game. So I'm, I'm just going to go with the general trend on this podcast of saying nil-nil when we just dread the thought of a game. Nil-nil. I was going to say nil-nil, but to be different, I'm going to say one all. Uh, yeah, I feel sorry for both sets of fans. This is going to be an absolute miserable watch. Arsenal are terrible going forward. Um, Spurs are just don't go forward. Uh, yeah, it'll be miserable for them. It'll be miserable for anybody, any neutral watching it. I hope not. Because like when Northern Derbies are good, they're, they're great. But yeah, this, this has the feeling of just being miserable. Yeah, I fully agree with you, lads. I think it will be miserable for all concerned, but I'm going to go be a bit different. I'm going to say two on Spurs, just based on my, my, my recent viewings. I think there's just there's too many good players in form, like Arsenal. They were so lucky not to score at the weekend, but they just haven't got the same quality. Like Saka should have scored, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, let's, let's uh, say Spurs nick this one, two on. Next one's definitely a good one. United at home to West Ham United. Um, I think this will go along a similar line to uh, the FA Cup fixer at Old Trafford last month, where West Ham will absolutely make it difficult for United. United will really struggle to break them down. But given the great performance against City, we're in good form, we're in good spirits. I think we'll just about get it over the line at Old Trafford, 1-0 United. I'm actually 1-0 as well, because um, it just has a feeling it's one of those teams. Like, both teams are in good form, United. I just kind of that we were better, but it's just I feel like nothing's going to happen in this game. It'd be like a Bruno Lee again or something. I don't know. If that was the case, Ronan, I could give you a kiss. Jokes. Uh, no, <laughs> no, you are. Um, but I'm going to say three-one in this game. Um, I have a lot of interest in this game. West Ham's actually been up- upgraded in the fancy football terms. They're now uh, like a four or a five for teams. Which is shows you that they're going places. Um, but I'm going to say three one United. I think United will do a job on them. And the final game we're going to predict is Wolves at home to Liverpool. I found this one quite difficult because Liverpool look awful at the moment. That's there's no hiding it. They look really bad. Wolves probably slightly improving, but they're still still a little bit uninspiring. And so I'm going to go with Liverpool to get a narrow win at Molyneux one nil. Wanted to say a draw, but it's it's just because we can't we we, we win games against we haven't even won games against the bad teams. It was also bottom. Uh, we get weird results every now and then, though. Like the three one against Spurs, three one against West Ham. You wouldn't have said we come to form we were on. You wouldn't expect us to. I'm going for two 0 because the Wolves don't really offer much going forward without Jimenez. Uh. I don't really have any good reason for saying this, just that I want Liverpool to win a match. And that is perfectly good logic to use. I'm going to go similar vein of thought. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Liverpool win. I think we just do nick something. I Wolves just don't look great at the minute. Um, but as Liverpool will make an absolute meal of this game. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I think we'll win 1-0. Sorry, Ronan, did you predict a 1-0 Liverpool win here? I just, I just want to get this no. correct. No, I said 2-0 Liverpool win. 2-0, yeah, okay, that's good. The the integrity of the, the league would have been in disrepute there if I didn't check. Uh, so that's just about the end of the podcast. Uh, again, apologies for no podcast next week. We're going to get back to weekly uploading. 
I was going to say if you're watching this on YouTube, but I don't think this section will be on YouTube. So you're listening to this on a streaming platform. So if you can give us a rate and a review, five five star reviews, whatever you can do on that platform, that's massively, massively appreciated. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.